Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For $5 a month, you get at least two extra episodes. You could also leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff on Public, so go there and check it out. We're also on social media. You could follow us at Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. Sad news, but we are phasing off of Hey Hero, but we will be offering a one-question option on our readings page. Hell yeah. Take advantage. And we'll just send you a video. It'll be the same thing, but different, but better. (laughs) (laughs) And you can visit our website, allegedlyastrology.com, to learn more about us in the show and book a reading with me, Dana, and check out some charts and transcripts from select episodes. So let's get into today's topic. Dana, what are we covering? Today we're talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. And if you have any suggestions for episodes, DM or email us and we might cover it. At the very least, it'll be put in a very huge list. Yes, absolutely. We love your suggestions. DM them to us. But before we kick off the episode, we want to acknowledge that we are absolutely not here to glamorize Jeffrey Dahmer in any way, and we aim to be as respectful as possible when discussing his crimes. However, because of their pretty brutal nature, this episode comes with a serious trigger warning. So feel free to skip this one and join us back here next week. But for those who are sticking with us, Let's get into today's episode. Jeffrey Dahmer, also known as the Milwaukee Cannibal or the Milwaukee Monster, was an American serial killer and sex offender who murdered 17 men and boys between 1978 and 1991. Jeffrey Dahmer is one of the most notorious American serial killers, and his life has inspired books, movies, documentaries, podcasts, and most recently, a ton of controversy, which we'll get into later in the episode. So let's first learn about his astrology. So let's kick it back to Jeffrey as a small child. He was the first of two sons born to Joyce Annette Flint and Lionel Herbert Dahmer. His mom was a teletype machine instructor, which I don't even know what that is. And his dad was a research chemist. His dad wasn't home that much, and his mom suffered from depression and hypochondria, so Jeffrey was kind of left on his own. Um, Growing up, Jeffrey was timid and quiet. However, he was very fascinated with dead animals. He loved bones, and he loved the sound that bones made when they, like, clinked together. And he liked to clean animal bones with bleach, collect roadkill, and dissolve animals in acid. Okay. Every single like crime thing that I've seen that has a child that's fascinated with dead animals means that they're probably going to become a serial killer. So anyone out there, that's that's a red flag. It's called like the McDonald triad. You like kill animals or torture them. You pee yourself or wet the bed. And then I forgot the last one. But it's like most serial killer. Most killers have it. Interesting. I really wonder what that last one is fascinating. We'll look it up. But the family moved around a lot during Jeffrey's early childhood. And though Jeffrey's parents weren't together that much when they were, they fought a lot, which resulted in a lot of tension in the household. But in general, the parents kind of ignored Jeffrey and just let him do his own creepy thing. So what is Jeffrey Dahmer's big three? Jeffrey Dahmer was born on May 21st, 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at 4.34 p.m. And he has a Libra rising, a Gemini sun, and a 
Aries moon. So we all have something in common with him. Sadly. No. Just me and another Libra rising. Just note that I didn't that I didn't enthusiastically say the Rihanna moon about Jeffrey no. Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that because the one I was normally I, I do huh. say that, but alas. Just the moon of icons, I guess, across the board in different genres. So this like is kind of a lonely big three. Um, we know Gemini suns are quirky and curious and changeable and, you know, an unstable bunch we are. But also uh, it's a sign of twins. And so like Gemini spend their lives trying to find their twin. Um, so it can be like really lonely. That's why Gemini's like are always out and about because if they're not, they're like inside being like, oh, no, I'm alone. And the moon is the mother. And in Aries, it's a sign of the individual. So Aries moons are like bold, independent and self-directed. But his moon is conjunct his descendant, which makes me wonder if maybe his like mom projected husband rolls onto him or like parentified him. I think it might be the word. Not like, you know. I mean, just how like a single or like moms who don't have like, I don't know, a person around might do. His mom was like really depressed. She tried to commit suicide several times. I think that's why. Well, also when he gets older, he's like left alone. But I think maybe what you're talking about could him just just be like his mom, like kind of making him be an adult on his own as a kid. Or if he like had to take care of her at all. But yeah, also like the moon conjunct the descendant can mean like many partners, which I mean, I think he had. His moon is also ruled by Aries uh, or his moon is in Aries and it's ruled by Mars, which is in Aries. So this could make him impulsive. And the moon is the body. Mars is like the knife. Aries is war. And in the seventh house, it's partner. So like this is just a very literal interpretation of that. I also have Mars and Aries. You do. You guys have some some things in common. I haven't stabbed anyone yet. Yeah. We also all have Saturn (laughs) in, in Capricorn like him. But his Libra rising would have like wanted to fit in and have fun with others. Libra is very social and like generally magnetic and accommodating, but also like the flip can happen, which is sort of like wanting to fit in, but maybe not being able to. His rising is ruled by Venus in Taurus in the eighth house, like Venus is seduction. It's commonly also it's, it's like the seductive part of war, like it's sort of like riling up your people. Taurus is like values, personal security in the eighth house relates to like secrets and death. Also in the eighth house, you might feel like you're like sharing yourself with other people or like you, it could like just be resentful. So he might have had resentment built up. I mean, I, I haven't really... I don't think I've ever heard him speak because he creeps me out. I don't know. I I just feel like he you must have resentment to start murdering people. And so people of their chart rulers in the eighth house could also like feel like they need to hide who they are. So if you're hiding yourself Mm -hmm. and like you're weird, I feel like children who are taught to like hide stuff from a young age, they like end up doing crazy shit. Yeah, that's true. Okay, he also has Jupiter and Saturn and Capricorn on his IC in the fourth house. And Jupiter was fascination. Saturn is death. This could have been instilled in him by his father or just like his childhood in general. The fourth house uh in ancient astrology relates to the the father but like commonly now we kind of use it as early childhood programming so something could have happened to him where like maybe he saw roadkill i don't know wait no that's crazy because his dad was a chemist so that's how they bonded was like his dad taught him how to like strip bones right he obviously had access to like chemicals and knew how to use them at a young age so he must have learned that from uh, his father yeah, interesting. So yeah, he has a pretty interesting chart. He also has like a lot of dignified planets. So sort of like last week when we did Selena Gomez and talked about how she has maybe a more difficult chart, but she's like, you know, such a good person. Like sometimes having a lot of dignified planets aren't always Doesn't always make you a good person. Just like n- bad planets don't make you a bad person. I guess there are no bad planets, but you know what I mean. It's interesting to me that he has Neptune and Scorpio because to me that is like that romanticizing like darker things. Yeah, for sure. And with his 
because Mars then in Aries in his seventh, it would be like directly related to partners. And that's also weird because we'll get into this later, but he was also very into like dissection. So I feel like that also. When his midheaven is like cancer, so it's ruled by that moon on his descendant, which is ruled by that Mars. So yeah, it's pretty much his reputation. So now let's move on to Jeffrey in high school. So Jeffrey was an outcast. Um, At first, he was pretty polite and he got average grades. But then, like most of us discover in high school, um, he got a personality when he started drinking alcohol. Except for him, he drank like all the time. Like it was not just the weekends. It was like basically 24-7. And he became kind of like the class clown. He would do a lot of weird shit and do weird pranks to make people laugh. What a Gemini. It was also at this time that he realized he was gay, which I think relates to what you were saying about hiding part of himself. And another part that Jeffrey probably wanted to hide was that he started having fantasies about controlling a completely submissive male partner. He became particularly obsessed with male chests and torsos. Like, this was a very particular part of the male body he was fascinated with and then eventually these fantasies started to intertwine with his fascination with dissection the chest is the midheaven so that again really cancer is like breasts and chests so and his midheaven is ruled by the moon in the seventh which is ruled by mars also in the seventh which is cutting up bodies which is what he became known for wow oh damn about the time he turned 18 his parents got divorced and because he was legally an adult and his parents didn't want to deal with him because he was like this weird drunk kid Um, His mom moved away with his younger brother and Jeffrey was alone in the family home, which, you know, doesn't really seem like the best idea, but he lived there alone. And this was during the time when he committed his first murder. Crazy to that. His parents just probably knew he was very fucked up and they just were like, here, here's the house. We're running away from you. The only clip I saw from the Netflix special is the cops sitting him like his dad down and being like, you know, your son is gay and like him, his dad being so shocked at that, that they're like, we're about to tell you so much more, you know? Oh God. So I don't know if they did know that he really was as disturbed. It seems like they were pretty hands off, but I don't know at all. I truly Mm -hmm. don't. So, Well, three weeks after his graduation, Jeffrey picked up Stephen Mark Hicks, a 19 year old who was on his way to a rock concert and invited him over for a few beers. And because Stephen was going to a concert, he was like, sure, I'd love some free beers. This was before, you know, this is a time when strangers weren't as scary as they are now. And I mean, this was not just like a free offer. Like Jeffrey was attracted to Stephen. But when they were talking, Stephen made it clear that he was into girls. And like, for sure, there was like no chance of Jeffrey hooking up with him. So they hung out, they drank, they listened to music. And then eventually Stephen wanted to leave. And Jeffrey didn't want him to leave, so he killed him, dissected his body, and buried him in the backyard. And there's obviously more, but we're not getting into all the details. But what was going on when Stephen was killed? Stephen was killed on June 18th, 1978. Um, And so at this time, this was like about less than one month after Jeffrey's birthday. He was in his seventh house, Aries, Mars year. So it's activating that whole, like, the partnership, you know, like, being turned on by people, wanting to murder bodies uh, in the most literal sense with, again, Mars being cutting people up and the moon being a body. Also having, like, an emotional investment in this, which is the moon. And so in his solar return chart, uh, Mars was in the 11th house, which relates to friends. And then... um, 
in the chart of murder, Mars was conjunct his natal Pluto in the 12th house, which relates to like secrets, like things being buried, which is pretty wild to me. Wow. Also, his solar return IC is conjunct his natal Mercury, which rules again Virgo in his 12th house. Something I like really came to find interesting is how much relates back to his 12th house. He's a Gemini son and his Mercury is also dignified in Gemini in the ninth house. But like so much of his identity is probably him like trying to hide that again. Right. Right. So he his son is ruled by Mercury and it rules also the 12th house of like hidden things or like uh, secrets, things that are buried. And then his ascendant is ruled by Venus, which is in his eighth house of secrets. So so much of what he does is like just him, like probably trying to like cover it up immediately. Damn. Yeah, I was just going to say that that is crazy how much like 12th and 8th house stuff he has. I mean, I guess it makes sense if you're looking. <laughs> is like, it crazy? <laughs> like when you think about his it's life. Crazy. It's like, okay. But nine years would actually pass before Jeffrey killed again. And during this time, he went into the army where he was a medic. Again, he likes blood bodies dissecting, but he was constantly hammered. So he was eventually let go from the army because they were just like, we can't, we can't have you here. This is not behavior conducive to this job. So he went back to Ohio and his dad was like, Oh my God, you're like such an annoying drunk. Like I cannot have you live here. So he then moved in with his grandma in Wisconsin. God, poor lady. Poor grandma, yeah. <laughs> Trigger warning coming up for sexual assault. But it was here in Wisconsin that his killings happened. So during the day, Jeffrey worked at a chocolate factory. And at night, he would go to bathhouses and try to bring men home where he would drug them and rape them while they were unconscious. Um, he also sexually assaulted underage boys, but never received any serious jail time. So he like got caught for it, but didn't get in trouble. He was reported one of the times he got in in trouble for like talking to an underage boy. He went to jail for 10 months, but then like the next time something similar happened and he just had to be like register as a sex offender, I think. And then he just got probation. That was before the internet. So people didn't like look at the sex offender registry, I'm sure. Right. But as time progressed, things got worse when he moved out into his own apartment in Milwaukee, which my apartment when I was in college was like five blocks away from where he used to live. But I mean, his building's been knocked down, obviously. So Jeffrey would bring people over to his apartment. He would kill them. He would do a lot of disturbing things to their body, not getting too much into details, but he dismembered them. He would eat them sometimes. He would take photos of them um, and he would put body parts on display. What? Oh my God. Someone with Venus in the eighth house does really like to enjoy art alone sometimes. Oh my God. Honestly, that's kind of what it was. It was like, he was like taking a lot of photographs of them. He would pose them in certain ways. He would like make an altar and like, it was weird how he like treated everything, which I do feel like is Venus and Taurus in the eighth. Like, Remember Dorinda, how she's like, I made it nice. I feel like that's like what he was trying to do. I can't believe you just did a Dahmer Dorinda analogy. Well, these killings occurred sporadically between 1978 and 1991. However, by the summer of 1991, Jeffrey was killing about one person a week and neighbors complained about strange noises and bad smells coming from Dahmer's apartment. But let's back up because moving to Milwaukee seemed to mark a turning point for Jeffrey. So what was going on when he moved there? So he moved in May of 1990. And this was during his Saturn return in his fourth house of home. So he was returning home and he was 
murdering it. His Saturn is conjunct his IC, which relates to endings. It, it relates to the end of life, which is his life, not other people's lives. But this is interesting. Also, Neptune and Uranus were also transiting Saturn or I mean, transiting Capricorn. So Uranus is like sort of, um, I don't want to say corrupts. I think Pluto is more corruption. But Uranus like makes you, it like gives you cracker. Like it just makes you like frazzled. I feel like it rubs up your, it's like electric. So it makes you a little nuts. And he already was. And then Neptune makes things like really obscure. So I don't know, maybe people didn't know what he was doing in his house. To have your first sight in return and to have it with two outer planets, one being the planet of obscurity and one being the planet that like makes you crazy is interesting, especially in his fourth. So yeah, that has to do with him moving. It's, I mean, he like basically killed people in his house, the fourth during his Saturn return, right? And then it's in his Jupiter opposition. So that's in his mid heaven, which pulls in his seventh house, which is where he's murdering people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Something else too about Neptune transiting his fourth house. He did live in like a very specific part of Milwaukee that was kind of lower income. So I feel like it was easy, even though he was a white guy living in like a pretty black neighborhood, I feel like he kept to himself and he was in a place where like not a lot of police would come around. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But yeah. And so the 1990s was an Aries Mars year. So it's activating again. The It's it's a 12 years since his first kill. He's completed a full chart since his first kill when he was in that 1990 or that 1978 Aries Mars year. So his solar return Venus was conjunct his natal descendant and moon. So this is sort of pulling that like the secrets out. It's it's him finding himself very much like in his emotions, like it's it's impulse. Venus is um Venus is debilitated in Aries because Aries wants to go get what it wants and Venus wants you to come to it. Also, um his moon and IC are conjunct in his solar return, exact. And so this is sort of taking like his reputation down. I feel like he ended up sort of his sudden return basically put everything in he like murdered people for like 12 years and then it like sort of stacked everything up so that he ended up getting caught right and then his solar return ascendant is also in the fourth house in capricorn so it's sort of like really magnifying this like capricornian way like it seems like he was not to be crude but it seems like he was like a good serial killer to get away with it for that long and like a capricorn would be sort of like precise and measured and how they do stuff obviously um and then mars was conjunct his natal south node in the sixth house in pisces and so this probably like made things like a daily routine for him you know what i mean mars in pisces usually sacrifices itself but perhaps it finds ways to sacrifice other people in our sixth houses it's usually like now it relates to our daily routines but in ancient astrology it would relate to uh your subordinates or like literally people's slaves so if he's like pulling people back, I don't know how long he would keep them alive for. Um, and then his progressed Mercury was conjunct his natal midheaven. So this is sort of pulling again his son into it because his son is Gemini ruled by um, Mercury. And so it's finally gone from his Gemini house to his midheaven. So it's sort of like taking who he really is and sort of like eventually, you know, like he has all these secrets and they're going to come on display and like become what he you know, is known for. And also his progressed moon was conjunct his natal Venus and Taurus. So it's sort of like pulling the focus to the eighth house, which relates to, I mean, the eighth house is literally the house of death. Once again, it's, it's his death, but it sort of became like the death of his secrets. One of the things that he was doing was he kind of just wanted to keep people alive as long as possible to be like almost like mindless drones because he wanted people to just like stay with him. Like he didn't want them to leave, but he wanted them to be like, completely like dependent on him and like not have any thoughts of their own so almost like I keep thinking of like a drone not not like obviously the drone in the sky but he wanted someone who was like basically just like a body that was alive but like had no thoughts for themselves 
Which is like so hollow. And then also just like a Capricorn, that fourth house being like not like a good serial killer in quotes, but I mean like I don't think he was found for so long because one, his victims were people that unfortunately like police didn't really like look into that much um, just because of like their races and their like sexual orientation. But also he like made sure like the bodies were gone. Like he cleaned up in like a very specific way. Specificity is so... Capricorn. Yeah. Which also too, like, well, I mean, Virgo's in my 12th house too, but I also feel like being like very clean in very specific ways is also like a 12th house soothing thing. <laughs> I don't have that. So it must be like a Virgo 12th house thing. Or he also has like Pluto there, which is going to make him um like really into control, right? Like the Pluto Virgo generation is like the first sort of like extreme diet generation like they're obsessed with health like they're just obsessed with like bodies even you know yeah well that's very much him he like wanted to control these people like i kind of was getting into like jeffrey primarily killed black and asian men because he loved their hairless chests again he was like super obsessed with torsos um he had a type of torso that he liked and he claimed that he killed them because he just wanted to keep them with him forever and he would go on to kill 17 people and their names were stephen hicks who we mentioned stephen tuomi jamie doxeter richard guerrero anthony sears ricky beeks eddie smith ernest miller david thomas curtis strotter errol Lindsay, anthony hughes conorak synthesomphone Matt Turner, Jeremiah Weinberger, Oliver Lacey, and Joseph Braidhoft. I mean, one person is obviously, like, too much to kill. Um, 17 is also, like, an insane amount. But, you know, the killing could not go on forever. Jeffrey was eventually caught when a man fled his apartment, basically screaming down the street that Jeffrey was trying to kill him, and that's basically the only way anyone paid attention to him. Um, So the police went into Jeffrey's apartment and found, like, all sorts of, like, crazy shit in there. So much evidence. Um, and they were just like, what is even happening? Like, you need to come with us. So what was going on when Jeffrey was caught? Okay, so he was caught in his eighth house Taurus Venus year. And his natal Venus is there in Taurus. So it's, like, all happening right in his eighth house. His secrets are coming out. Like, this is... This tracks. His progressed Mars also had just entered Taurus that year. So I feel like this is blowing his cover and like sort of disrupting the very dignified Venus in the eighth and the dignified Mars in the seventh. Right. Like it's sort of Mars like busting out his secrets. It's like Mars. Mars is like it will bust something open. But Mars in the seventh killing partners um, left sort of like Venus to be placid in um, the eighth. I don't want to say placid, but, you know, like it seems soothing to him. Right. I think that the progression is interesting. And then also the north node was conjunct his natal Saturn uh, in Capricorn in his fourth house with Uranus, Neptune. And so I feel like this is revealing what's hidden. The north node is like sort of intensifying anything. And this is like wherever the eclipses are happening in your chart will be a like focus for the year and especially if again that's where Uranus and Neptune are and then the south node was in Cancer conjunct his natal midheaven so this is taking down whatever reputation he had which I assume wasn't much and then secondary progress chart he had um a Venus Kazemi in Cancer in his 10th house so this is like I feel like it's earning his reputation because it's his son and his Venus son being like your identity who you are Venus being his chart ruler, right? It's like the, his player in his chart. So when they meet in in Venus in his 10th house, it's like all of a sudden, well, now everyone knows his name. And then his progressed Mercury is conjunct his natal um, midheaven in Cancer. And so his Mercury rules his 12th house of prison and hidden things and like secrets. 
Um, and also self-destruction, self-undoing, which he undid by doing other people. And then also his son in his ninth house, which is icons and sort of like religion. It seems like he was very into this, maybe like spiritually in a way. Psychosexual is for sure. Ninth house stuff. Eighth house stuff too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Mercury ruling like his son, you know, being such a like his identity and then his 12th house. And then it's sort of like sending like his midheaven. I feel like Mercury on his midheaven or his progressed midheaven is sending him to jail, if that makes sense. So his progressed Mercury is conjunct his natal midheaven and his the outer Mercury when he was caught is conjunct his progressed midheaven. So this is like Mercury on the midheaven. So I really feel like it's activating that 12th house again and his ninth, right? Like, I guess like it's like here we're shining a light on who you are with your son, but it's like the Pluto house where he has like so much hidden. I also feel like too, the nodes being in, the North node being in, Capricorn is very much just like, um, you know, your direction is like endings. It's going to be like a major ending in your life. And then obviously the South Node's in Cancer and it's like going to just be the end also of like your reputation. Taking him down. I I just realized that Pluto had been transiting Scorpio in his second house, which is food, which is so interesting because he would literally eat people. Whoa. Ew. Jeffrey. So once in police custody, you know, he like admitted to all the murders like pretty quickly he also even added in Stephen hicks which no one even knew that Stephen was involved in this actually like no one knew what happened to Stephen after he disappeared so this was like something also that was unearthed um due to his confessing so you may be wondering why it took so long for jeffrey to get caught and there are a lot of reasons and a lot of missed opportunities by the police in milwaukee to help these victims the story of the of conorak synthesumphone was like particularly horrifying to read about as you could probably imagine is still as going on today. A big reason was there were a lot of racial problems and tension in the city of Milwaukee. Homosexuality was not widely accepted. Connor accent this on phone. He was 14 years old. He managed to escape Jeffrey Dahmer and the police. Jeffrey Dahmer managed to convince police that he was 19 and they were lovers and the police didn't verify anything. They didn't let him get medical assessment. They didn't do anything. They escorted him back into Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment while there was another dead body laying there. And those police got fired and later reinstated. So there could have been a lot of uh, more victims spared. Um, So it's just like, I'm very, you know, makes me like very angry. But um, yeah, and like Sarah said, you know, most of these victims were black and Asian men of color and mostly homosexual. And they didn't really look into these missing men and victims' families said they didn't think they were being taken seriously by the police which was later proved to be correct. So when the media found out about Jeffrey's crimes, it was very polarizing. Some media outlets didn't cover it at all, and others really leaned into it to megaphone out all the gory details into the world. And in Milwaukee, community leaders, gay rights activists, and family members of some of Jeffrey's victims held a candlelight vigil, and the purpose of the vigil was to share their anger and pain over what happened. So Jeffrey goes to trial and he had already admitted to the murders and there was a shit ton of evidence against him. So he pleads insanity due to the nature of his incredibly disturbing and uncontrollable impulses. 
So the trial goes on for two weeks, and he's found sane and guilty on 15 counts of murder. And he was sentenced to 15 life terms, and then a few after a few months after that trial, he was sent to Ohio, where he entered a guilty plea there for the murder of his first victim, Stephen Hicks, and received an additional life sentence for a grand total of 941 years without the possibility of parole. So what was going on when Jeffrey was finally convicted? He was convicted on February 17th, 1992. And so on this day, Pluto in Scorpio was like exactly opposite his natal Venus. This is fucking wild. Um, That Venus, which I feel like, I mean, it's so much of his like secrets, right? That he keeps like in his eighth house and Venus being his chart ruler. So it's like Pluto being literally like the law in many cases, it's corruption. So I guess culturally it's become the law because of how corrupt the law is but so yeah pluto opposite his natal venus is gonna be like a power struggle um and it's taking him in um pluto is also in his natal like in controlling virgo in his natal 12th house of prison right so it's sort of like he's being called to like to you know serve his natal promise of going to prison at this time venus being his chart ruler and his natal eighth house of secrets and psychology like people are cracking open that's part of probably like i think it's a little I think we have a different perspective on um, how people share, like how the media might talk about stuff like murder and stuff like the details. Like now it's pretty gross, but I think people are like just at the time, it seems like they must have been interested in, in psychology for the first time. Do you know what I mean? Like the psychology of a killer, maybe Venus and Mars are transiting Capricorn conjunct his natal IC and, and they're exactly conjunct and Venus and Mars were conjunct when he was caught. So this is like some sort of poetic justice in a way or not poetic justice just sort of like it's mimicking the patterns it's echoing like venus and mars like mars being his descendant and venus being him and then also with his if you remember his progressed mars had just entered his house of venus where i feel like it took out of his like his killer house and it moved into the house where like he had kept secrets so it's sort of unraveling in a way where like venus and mars being his major um indicators in this case. And then transiting Neptune, Uranus were in Capricorn, conjunct natal Saturn. So it was just like being surprised by discipline, right? Like he was literally moving out of his fourth, his, his house, like in his fourth house. So maybe he like never thought he would get caught. Maybe that's why he lived um, in like slums, right? I don't know. So maybe he was like surprised by how he got caught. Um, this is like, I'm, to me, this says that he was surprised that he had to move, but with the nodes there, it says that he was for sure going to move. Yeah, I mean, probably he had gotten he had literally gotten away with shit before, you know, like he's so he was an unassuming white man that just got the privilege of, you know, people just giving him the benefit of the doubt. So I'm sure he was surprised. So Jeffrey served time at Columbia Correctional Institution in Portage, Wisconsin. And while there, he expressed remorse for his actions and wished for his own death. He also read the Bible and declared himself a born-again Christian. He was attacked twice by fellow inmates with the first attempt to slice his neck open, leaving him with only superficial wounds. But that's kind of like where his luck went out. The second time someone attacked him, um, he was killed and he died at the age of 34. So what was going on when he died? This was November 28th, 1994. And... Uranus was in Capricorn still, conjunct his natal IC, and it was exact. And Uranus on the IC shows up in so many people's death charts. It's like the first, one of the first things I learned in, in like astrology for like transits that mean something, right? Is like Uranus on the IC is death. Um, so that's 
a literal example. Um, it's also with Neptune there. So it's again, sort of obscuring. Like you think this guy is in prison, like maybe he's going to die in jail, but he's he dies some other way. And then he's in an 11th house Leo year. So the sun is his time lord and the transiting sun is opposite his natal sun. So it's sort of like the solar opposition. Most people don't get killed, but it is sort of like you're against yourself. Like this is the end of the road. You your whole identity is being like blown open. Also, there's a lunar eclipse in Sagittarius opposite his natal sun three days after his solar return. So anytime your solar return falls on eclipse season, like it's usually going to be a big year for you. For him, it was death. And his progressed moon was in Cancer um, opposite his natal Saturn. And so it's sort of like the push and pull. His natal Saturn is dignified in Capricorn. His natal, the progressed moon would be dignified in Cancer. It's sort of like, I mean, it completes like the other, like the planets that he doesn't have dignified in his natal chart, which is interesting. But yeah, and it's also in his like midheaven or it's in his um, it's squaring his natal moon. It's sort of like you're at odds with yourself and he just becomes known for like this death. Mars was in Leo conjunct his progressed midheaven. So this is um, I feel like he was feeling famous, which might sound weird. But and his solar return chart that year, the south node was in Taurus conjunct his natal Venus in the eighth house. The south node being like, you know, literally taking him out. Venus is who he is in his chart. The south node. Like he, he's getting eclipsed out of his own life. And then Mercury uh, is conjunct his descendant in his solar return in Gemini. And so this the descendant can often be opponents and Mercury being his 12th house um, of prison. It's also sort of like how he comes undone. So I feel like this is like the end of his life. Like he comes, he becomes like he was so overpowering in his secrets, but like then he ends up being murdered by people. Mm. And then his solar return moon was in Libra conjunct his natal ascendant. So this is his like moon opposition along with his progressed moon opposite his natal Saturn. It's just sort of like all these like things coming together and like all these oppositions where like oppositions often are partners, but like they're also your opponents. And so for him with his moon opposite his natal moon, like it, he was very much his own opponent, right? Like maybe his mother was his opponent with it being the moon, but and like how you're raised, the moon relates to childhood. But basically, I assume he was probably at odds with himself. Maybe he was like sedated, though. I don't know. Um, and then solar return Jupiter was in Scorpio conjunct his natal Neptune in the second house. So this like relates back to what Sarah said in terms of like fascination with like gross stuff. But also something that I thought was interesting is that his at this point, his um, progressed Jupiter had retrograded into his third house. So it's sort of like relieving the pressure or like relieving the like um, whatever relief he had from Jupiter in Capricorn being in his fourth with his natal Saturn there is removed when progressed Jupiter moves into his third house, if that makes sense, because um, Jupiter will make uh, Saturn easier. Um, and then is, yeah, North Node Pluto conjunction in Scorpio in his solar return chart. So this is just um, the North Node and Pluto are not often conjunct. But when he died, yeah, Venus, the North Node, Mercury, Jupiter, and Pluto were all in Scorpio in his second house. The second house is like what props you up. It's ruled by Mars in his seventh house of opponents. Um, and like that's where his like his body. So I feel like now he's being taken down. Venus is his chart ruler. The North Node is like, you know, sort of um, an intensifying point. Mercury is rules his sun. Jupiter rules his third house and his um, sixth house of daily routines. And then Pluto is at the end. It's at 28 degrees of Scorpio. So I feel like it's completed his like whole six Scorpio tour. And it's sort of relating back to that 12th house Pluto, which I think is the most interesting part of his chart to me. Pluto in the North Node in his 12th house for whatever reason, just because he got away with so much for so long. And that's such a Virgo thing to do, especially with like Pluto. But then he ended up having to go to jail and like serve his time. Yeah, it's like in the end, that's where it just led him was like 
being alone. Since his death, Jeffrey Dahmer has become one of America's most notorious serial killers, and there's generally an overall fascination with him, most likely because his crimes are like truly so unimaginable and extremely grotesque. Like Sarah said, we did not mention even like a quarter of the stuff that he actually did, so it was extremely disturbing what he did, but some true crime fans like even sympathize with him because he was known to be more timid and shy and like super drunk when he committed many of the killings. So um, there's just a lot of um, mixed emotions about him. So is there anything in his chart that would like show this particular fascination with him? Um, no, that's mental illness on their part. You can't hate rapists and then sympathize with Jeffrey Dahmer. I know. It's so insane. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but no, what I think is most interesting, I, nothing in his chart to me says like you're very famous, but how it all sort of unraveled with like the progressions and his sudden return and like everything sort of moved him forward, right? Like um, transits to his progressed midheaven, progressed transits to his natal midheaven is when he started to like blow up like the sun on his natal midheaven. The sun also, he died on his solar opposition and his 11th house of audience is ruled by the sun in Leo. Like that's when he became big. It was in an 11th house year. So it's sort of like he garnered all this attention at the times where his chart was just lining up with itself, if that makes sense. Like the perfections and progressions just sort of made an ordinary chart or not ordinary, even kind of a strong chart in many ways famous. So throughout the years, Jeffrey Dahmer's story has been covered by tons of podcasts, made for TV films and miniseries. And most recently, Ryan Murphy released Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix starring Evan Peters. And the series became the most watched show on the platform. However, it did receive a lot of backlash from the victim's families. Yes, Ryan Murphy said the show aimed to put the victim's stories and their family's trauma at the heart of the production. But even though he said that, um, the show faced a lot of criticism for not consulting the families of those victims. And technically, Netflix wasn't required to consult the victim's families because the events it portrays are public record. But nevertheless, the loved ones of those murdered by Jeffrey say they definitely feel really re-traumatized by this I'm whole sure. experience. So um, what was going on when this controversial series was released? It was released on September 21st, 2022. And this his progressed son had just entered Leo. Leo is a sign of celebrity. The son is in domicile in, in Leo and it's like in his house of audience. So I just feel like it's pretty literal. Um, his progressed moon was conjunct his natal midheaven in cancer again. So this happened before. Um, so like the moon also being dignified in in cancer and like crossing his midheaven, which is sort of like the moon being the fastest planet in your progress chart. It focuses energy and like it's a really focalized point in like your transit. So it's putting a lot of energy into his reputation, right? Like it's not like he like now he's sort of like a he's like a meme at this point in a way. Um, And then, it, yeah, it's just like changing or reviving his legacy. Um, And then his progressed Mercury retrograde was conjunct his natal midheaven too so it's sort of like going back and editing the story in a new way right mercury retrogrades are times to like review stuff so i mean and then also it's like in this way it's taking like creative liberties of course mm -hmm. um with his legacy and then his progressed ascendant was conjunct his natal mercury in gemini and this is just interesting because i do think that this sort of shows opposition um as opposed to like 
the descendant being usually like related to romantic partners. He's dead. He was a murderer. He had opponents. So I feel like this is sort of expressing opposition for like what he did and all of his like, you know, secrets. Also, the 12th house could literally be like it's like archives would be like his like the bodies he concealed. So I feel like the people who are related to the people who he did kill would would relate to the 12th house which rule is ruled by that natal Mercury. And then the North Node is conjunct his natal Venus in his solar return chart. So this is, again, sort of like putting him up in like the, the news, the North Node um, being a point that like intensifies or magnifies and Venus being his chart ruler and in Taurus where it's at home. And then it's just sort of like, you know, his secrets are once again out there. But I feel like with this progressed Mercury retrograde, it's like editorialized, of course. Yeah. Oh, then also Venus has conjunct his natal north node in the 12th house. So, yeah, I guess it sort of just underscores what I just said. So it's like this double activation of the north node and Venus, which is his chart ruler. I'm sure this isn't the last time his chart will be activated because, like we always say, people may die, but charts never do. So I'm seven sure... Seven years, his son will cross Venus. So we have about oh my seven God. years. We'll, we'll, we'll hear more about Jeffrey. I mean, it, I get I get why Netflix, like... You know, like it's public record, so they didn't have to consult victims' families. But I think it's pretty shitty that Ryan Murphy was like, I'm telling the victims' stories. And then he like didn't even consult. So I feel like there, I feel like this is sort of like this sort of era of true crime in the way that everyone's been able to tell it. I think a lot of people are sort of waking up to the reality that like if there was true crime, there's victims involved. So hopefully there's something that changes for victims, families. With all of the like um, the like stipulations about who gets paid and who gets their money, I feel like I in this case, it's a little darker, but society is so obsessed with victims. We should build them in. Okay. well, next week we'll be back with another episode about a celebrity couple making the rounds in the gossip headlines. We'll let you guess who it is, but it's going to be a juicy one. And with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Allegedly Astrology.